Hi everybody, this is your friendly neighborhood Sheila talking here with an update about last episode. So, last episode you said you guys saw your friendly neighborhood silly people. They were about to go to Toth and then the order got attacked. Odd Bell's brother that was supposed to be dead, I guess, but has been at the order this whole time. He came stumbling through. Fluffles recognized him for some reason. We'll talk about that one later. And then Oddbell had a mental breakdown about it, but uh, when the Order got attacked by Mind Flayers, a bunch of people got sent out to fix the East Campus, because apparently that's where all that shit's coming from. And then um, they still had to go to Toth anyways. So that's about all that happened, and uh, you guys are about to go on an adventure to do the thing. Let's let's see what happens in your way to talk. See you guys for breakfast. Bye. leave anything for Karsten? No, not yet. But I think he does take Oddbell under his arm and walks with her the whole way like that. Okay, you guys make your way back and everybody's waiting. Lashin is there and he fills you in on what he told them and he says that you guys are going to be led by Calypso who will be joining your group for this because she will be helping you navigate the rivers and she will be helping you in Toth that you guys need to save the people there and that it is important to do so because there is a an amicable relationship between King Ockringar of uh, Jerone and Lashin, and it needs to be clean, quick, and nobody can know that you were there. Okay, so Calypso becomes your guide, and you are also to never be solo, and two magic wielders are not to be partnered together. Who do you pick as your partner? Obviously, Oddbell and Tikka. <laughs> Azura is going to pick Rowan. Okay, um, that means no. Calypso and Fluffles are together. Yep. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, you guys meet Calypso on the waters, and the tension already starts. Fuck, man. Oddbell is distinctly quiet and she keeps looking back at the, the, the school. I, I feel like um, Fluffles is trying to just idle chat with Calypso to keep her mind off the fact that Rowan and Azura are currently canoodling. I didn't say we were canoodling. Because of this instance, Azura is going to be treading carefully and she's just going to kind of sit beside Rowan and she's going to quietly whisper to him and be like, so what? actually happened between you two and like i'm trying really hard to not let calypso at the t- at the head of the boat hear us if it's possible but are actually how close are we all so you guys are still like on the shore and calypso is readying the canoe that kind of just looks like uh, a log and you guys can be however close you want to be okay well then rowan is gonna <laughs> Rowan. Wow. Azura is going to be off to the side, out of earshot of Calypso, and just ask him, what genuinely happened between you two? Like, you said she chose the water over you, but like, what do you mean? He gets kind of quiet and reserved in a way that you don't really, that isn't really characteristic of him. He's not a very reserved person, usually. Um, I'm I'm sorry, if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. I just... 
It's probably best you know anyways. Well, I wanted to propose and um, she, she decided that her place was in the water, that she needed to continue to go on her own adventure. And, um, it was really out of the blue and I don't, um, we've been pretty good friends since, like we've managed to be good friends, but, um, I don't know, seeing me move on and then her also taking an interest in you, kind of a weird thing for both of us. I could imagine that that would be, I'm so sorry. I never meant to make it awkward. It, it, it is what it is. We'll get over it. We'll figure out how to be friends again. I mean, it'll get better. Um, but I, I'm sorry that you got dragged in the middle of this. It's okay. Life happens to all of us and we just do what we can. And that's okay. But I, I'm... I'm not bothered by it at all. Good. Most people would be, and I'm Bruce really worried. <laughs> Don't worry. I understand that things happen. You know, people live their lives, and sometimes that's. I just get it. It's, it's all good. Okay, that's that's really good to hear. Does uh, what does Fluffle say to Calypso? Um, I think he's just idly chatting with her, like asking questions. So, what have you been doing since the last time we saw you? How long have you doing? any water adventures that caught your attention or like just stuff like that like everything that he can think of that would keep him away Rowan or Azura topics. She's she seems pretty amicable today. She answers all of them with a breeziness that uh, is someone who's comfortable and in their own zone. And she's she's happily talking. And I think Tika sits next to Oddbell and or stands next to Oddbell with his. Did she accept him putting his arm around her, or does he is his presence next to her more comforting? Um, I think that if he puts her his arm around her, she probably wouldn't acknowledge it. Like she is very in a different place right now. I think he just stands near her and keeps watch and is there for her when she needs him. So Calypso says, okay, so um, is everybody ready? And she notices the kind of like awkwardness from the two canoodling over in the corner and the uh, the stoic darkness of the other two. And she's like, oh, um, what happened inside? Fluffles just, he turns dark himself too. And he's just like that. We'll talk about it later once we've settled down more. Okay, so everybody finds into the boat. It'll be important that we work together when we come near towns or when we hear something on the bank to put up the disguise that makes this look like a floating log. It's how we get through the rivers without detection. Okay. Now, brace yourselves on the waterfall. I will be casting Featherfall so that we land gently at the bottom, but it's, um, it doesn't kick in until halfway down, so maybe try not to scream. Okay. I feel like he just kind of gives a half laugh and he's just like, don't worry, no sound will come from me. <laughs> okay, so everybody falls on the boat. Where do you go? Wherever she I takes the front with Azura's going to sit beside Rowan. Okay, Rowan's probably going to go to the rudder. Um, and Azura's just going to kind of like scan out across the. Um, so she's going to be turned and facing to the left side of the boat. And she'll just be scanning and keeping an eye on the surroundings on that side. Okay. Calypso uh, <laughs> takes her place at the front of the boat to navigate. Waffles is probably right beside her. And I think he has his short bow Ron, just in case ready. Perfect. Anybody else? What are you guys um, going to take? I think you guys just take the middle then. Because that's all that's left. Who, who me? Yeah, uh, Bill and Tika. Yeah, sure. Um, I... I just have my quarterstaff in hand and I'm always ready for a fight, you know? 
you know, you know, Odd Bell. Tico takes a chip page out of Azura's book and scans the right side of the boat, off the right side. Okay, so uh, you guys start to traverse down the river, and as she warned you, the first half of going over the waterfall is jarring and terrifying. And then suddenly you guys are falling at a very, very slow, soft speed and gently hit the bottom. And you just float down the mountain. You guys see one instance of the wilderness randomly creating a creature. And it's just a a small little imp-like creature. And it sees you upon being born out of the ether and it gets scared and runs into the forest. And then in the night, you guys put the disguise up on the boat and you guys, she doesn't let you leave it. And she says, this part of the wilderness is particularly deathly we've had well not recently we've stopped letting people take up camp on the sides of this river this river is lined with the worst of the worst kinds of creatures and you are safer in the boat where really all you have to worry about is fish than you are to get onto the shore and make camp for the night so we're just going to continue to float down the river if you will take turns turns sleeping there should be at least two people on watch at all times i don't know if any of you guys really get any sleep but you spend a lot of the time in the boat hearing monsters in the darkness and the only thing that kind of gives you light is the moon above but even that is kind of blocked out because you have the disguise up most of the night so you guys are almost in pitch black together underneath this like this makeshift bark cloak thing azura is gonna get hardly any sleep but is there Not in that way. Is there any point during the night that Rowan sleeps and Calypso does not? Yeah, I think Rowan will take the first the, the first shift sleeping, and then Calypso will still be awake navigating. Okay, so while Rowan is sleeping, Azura is gonna kind of go sit next to Calypso in the boat, and she's just gonna... Calypso? Yes. <laughs> How can I help you? How long have you been boating for? Um, well, I've, I've been boating my whole life. <laughs> that was a dumb way to ask that question. I suppose a better way to ask would have been, uh... How long have you been learning how to handle boats? <laughs> my my father was a sailor um, okay. for the uh, for the kingdom of Mykara. Nice. Um, that is until he decided to turn to the pirates because he fell in love with my mom. Oh, your mom was a pirate, was she? She was a merfolk. Oh. But uh, the merfolk don't take well to humans being part of their clans considering humans can't breathe water. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Very few creatures can. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Probably a good thing because... We are some of the rare ones. She's going to kind of like nudge elbows with Calypso. (laughs) Calypso laughs and she says, yeah, I guess so. Um, So uh, what about you? How long have you been a water person that does water (laughs) things? I guess she's just kind of like being facetious, kind of like goofing. Gosh, Karen, you can't just ask why people are water people. Jeez. (laughs) I feel asleep. No, I was as Jenna as a mean girl's reference. (laughs) 
Azura's just gonna laugh and be like, well, I mean, I guess probably my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) And just kind of like motion to her very, very blue body and her hair that flows around her like it's in water constantly. And then Kotsu says, oh, wow, never would have (laughs) guessed. And she's obviously joking. Clearly. So I really try not to beat around the bush so to speak. At least not anymore. So please tell me if I am too blunt because it it does happen. Guaranteed. But um, what happened between you and Rowan? (laughs) That one's a little complicated. Um, well, he's he's honestly very sweet, but I don't know, he he always felt like he needed to protect me and I didn't need protection. I kind of lost myself in the relationship. I felt like I couldn't be what I needed to be. And um, we drifted apart. Okay. I mean, that does naturally happen over time when you're in a relationship with someone and you're just not meant to last. And well, thank you for being honest with me. I appreciate that. Um, of course. I uh, I don't want to make him look like a bad guy or anything. I've already done that enough. I highly doubt that. Rowan's a pretty good dude. He speaks to that enough on him on his own, I think. He's he gets too protective sometimes, I think. I think he doesn't know how to let people be strong on their own. He thinks that he needs to save people, which is ridiculous because he can barely save himself half the time. <laughs> oh, you noticed that too. Like I said, very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. J- uh, Jess? Yeah? Well, I assume you had wanted this to be a private conversation, right? Um, if you're not asleep, I- the boat is not big enough for them to have this private conversation. Well, my main concern was that I just really wanted to make sure that Rowan was asleep for it so that at least he didn't hear and I would take it on good faith uh, with my wonderful friends that I have made that they won't go talk and smack behind anybody's back. <laughs> I hey, if we're going to Rowan, it's going to be to his face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Because he's a business. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think um, because Fluffles was sitting right beside her beforehand, Mm-hmm. I think you would have had to have taken his spot to have this conversation. So he's probably like curled up on the floor trying to meditate. Probably. Okay. And I think I'm going to take this point because you guys are pretty much, you've asked your important question anyway, unless there's something else you really want to ask. No, after that, Azura was just going to end the conversation and be like, well... Thank you for being honest with me, but I should probably at least try to get some sleep so that uh, well, when Rowan and I take our shift of watch. Okay. Um, so good night. And she's going to go curl up. Before you say any of that stuff, okay. Fluffles is going to wake up screaming, no! And then he's just kind of look at you and look like really embarrassed and be like, oh, um, sorry. Well, you just woke up everybody else on the boat. <laughs> Fluffles just had to try to ruin the the moment and everybody's asleep. Rowan's just gonna look very concerned and be like, "Are you are you okay?" Rowan's already like up with his great axe, looking out uh, from under the thing at the at the bank. 
Buffles is gonna kind of look sheepishly and just like, I, I, sorry, it, bad dreams. This isn't normal. I'm, and like, he's just stumbling over everything. Like, he doesn't know what to say to this. He just feels. Zora's just gonna see him kind of stumbling over his, his own self and his embarrassment. And she's just gonna kind of sidle up next to him, wrap her arm around his, his, his waist and kind of like lean against it and be like it's okay we all get nightmares sometimes you don't have to be so embarrassed we understand i think he's just gonna kind of nod at that and kind of stay silent and see if he can finish his meditation but i think he's gonna like try and unconsciously hold you close (laughs) please don't leave noticing that fluffles is very very um I'm very much needing a friend right now, Azura, because she's so small and Fluffles is... How big is Fluffles? Six Six feet tall. She's just gonna kind of curl up in the floor of the boat and just, like, have her head on Fluffles' lap to be like, I'm here. It's all good. Let's rest together. I think Rowan doesn't get back to sleep at all because that loud yell right next to probably one of the most dangerous parts of the wilderness was like, it was terrifying enough for him to like be alert all night long. Be wide awake. Have a heart attack every single five minutes (laughs) for the rest of the night. Uh, Tika gives no shits and he's been, he just like woke up and then slept again. He was like, fuck that. (laughs) Uh, What does Oddbell do? I feel like Oddbell was just kind of laying awake in her boat for a while. Like, I think she was probably just awake, staring at the scar- stars. I don't think she was paying attention to anything that anything that Azura was saying. But I don't think she was completely asleep. I think she was really out of it. So I and she probably... Like- and when and when she... And, like, when uh, Fluffle screamed, I don't think she sat up or got up or looked or anything. So, um, you got lucky and there's, like, one hole in this tarp thing that you can see the stars through. And, um, yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Know, I'm probably just talking to Tiamat in my head. I'd imagine that's something that I, I'd be like, please watch over my brother. All I want is to be able to talk to him one more time, that kind of thing. I think she, um, she does respond, but uh, it isn't talking. It's just this feeling of intense warmth and love and calm. Aww. And um, you just, it's like those moments where you don't think you're going to fall asleep, but suddenly you do. And mm-hmm. um, you were looking at the stars and as time went on and these sounds that, I mean, yeah, there's bigger animals here, but you've heard these sounds your whole life. You've lived in the forest for most of your life. And for the last five years, it's kind of calming to hear the monsters. And uh, you end up in a dream and you see this lovely, beautiful garden with this beautiful fountain in the middle of it. And there's Tiamat sitting in a long black shimmering robe next to onto the on the edge of the fountain and as you enter the um the courtyard she looks up to you and she says my dear you seem troubled i just fall i just fall on the ground and just sob and just cry she she comes to your aid and she like kneels beside you and holds you and she rocks you back and forth and she says my dear everything is okay but what if i never see him again and that fucking place isn't safe what about those stupid mind players they just showed up out of nowhere and people tell me that it's gonna be fine but it's not gonna be fine and she just sobs in the ugliest crier you've ever seen not bubbles and just like (laughs) they're really like (laughs) fidgety breathing she's just a mess she's just an absolute disaster and she holds your face in her your hand and she smiles very warmly at you and she says your brother karsten i know your brother he's strong he's a fighter <laughs> she's just like oddbell just looks up with her big cat eyes and her ears are down and she's like yeah 
and he's like, going to be perfectly fine. He is one of the strongest tabaxis I've met. Next hey. to you, of course. Of course, good. <laughs> oh, trust me. He's going to be so happy to see you when he wakes up. You're going to protect him, right? I always have. Okay. And she pulls you in for another hug. And um, she presses a uh, she presses two fingers to your forehead when she releases you. And suddenly you see in your mind's eye just your, your brother. He's in the infirmary, but he's peaceful. And his eyes kind of flutter open. And he's kind of really tired because he just got the shit kicked out of him. And got magic healed but that was like not the same as actually like resting <laughs> and he sees the flower smiles and he says sky full of stars and then he passes out again and the vision ends what the fuck oh keisha you're making me cry <laughs> and you're back in the you're back in the boat asleep and it's a restful sleep for the rest of the night oh <laughs> and then um i think Oddbell just hugs tiamat and she says oh you didn't see tiamat after this oh i didn't okay yeah it just Went I was going to ask her if my mom and dad are still alive. Oh, that can be for the next time I cry and she holds me and makes me feel better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a restful sleep on the boat. And the shift switch and anybody else want to do anything before? I don't know. You guys already figured out what you're doing. Never mind. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on. Um, mm-hmm. There's only so much we can stay in a boat with people sleeping. Yep. <laughs> okay. So morning starts to rise and the animals in the wilderness start to settle. You can feel the heat returning to the world. You guys, it moved at a pretty decent pace. It's still way, way quicker to trap teleport, but because you guys would have been in Toth by now. But you guys are floating just out of the mountains and into the countryside, or not the countryside, but into the the plains part. Like it's just really heavily forested and it's flatter earth than it was in the mountains. And as you as you guys move through the water, you notice that your your backs are all super wet as you like get up in the morning, and that there's like water in the boat. Oh. Yeah. Azura, with her water vehicle proficiency, waking up with a wet back is immediately going to start looking for a leak. So you start to look and you notice that there is a slice really clean down the center of the boat in the middle. It doesn't completely cut the boat in half, it's just along the bottom. It looks like something did this with magic. Fucking rude. Wasn't me. I put my paws up. Azura's gonna point that out to everybody and be like, I am not sure what we should do about this. Uh, let me see. Oh, oh I have an idea. If you tell me your idea, I'll tell you my idea. Can Azura use mending? <gasps> me too. I have mending. Oh, nice. Sure. Mending. <laughs> okay. So Azura is gonna cast mending. It's a cantrip. Uh, this spell repairs a single break or tear in an object you touch, such as a broken chain link, two halves of a broken key, a torn cloak, or a leaking wineskin. As long as the break or tear, ooh, is no larger than one foot in any dimension. This, it runs about six feet. Question, Dungeon Master. Could a workaround potentially be like she does a foot and then I do a foot and then she does the other foot and we go back and forth? Yeah, I guess. Can we just soak it shut with magic? Sure. I don't care. <laughs> How much of your story are we ruining by doing this, Keisha? You're not. Spent my night ruining her story. <laughs> No, I uh, I forgot to put anything in this big section of, oh my god, there's a lot of space between the order and where I need to take you. 
Oh, okay. Well, uh, I guess Azura and Oddbell are going to take a couple of minutes and do that to fix this deal and this, this thing in the boat. <laughs> so you get about halfway finished and suddenly a bunch of arrows are trying to pierce the top. It's your Dungeon Master Keisha back with some ads that are not ads because we don't have any yet. I know, it's been a really long time. You'd think we'd have them by now, but you know, we're just doing this for fun, so guess what? It's just me talking to you about things because I can. Anyways, thank you all for listening to this episode of Throne of Dice, where we really start to get on the journey. It's a little bit of a laid-back episode, but you know what? You're gonna miss this in the coming episodes where I rip out your hearts. This is your last warning about this chapter because this chapter is really dark. But I'm really excited for you guys to get further along because there's a lot of plot things that are happening and a lot of fun things going on. If you listened to the last ad break, you'll know that Jackie just had her baby and we are on a hiatus away from recording. So what you'll be able to listen to next week if you're a Patreon subscriber, you will get to listen to our new mini-series while we wait for Jackie to be back to do and finish Labyrinth. And that mini-series is called The Search. The Search is a story about a king who has ruled for a thousand years with a peaceful and loving hand and is coming to the end of his life. Following the death of his son, he never remarried and is now looking for an heir to the throne and the three heroes in our campaign are going to go through a series of Hunger Game-esque tests to see if they are worthy to rule the kingdom. It'll be led by Jenna, our dungeon master. Jess and I will be playing characters and we'll have a guest person named Nyala, a really good friend of ours, and it'll be her first time playing Dungeons and Dragons with us. So I look forward to that. It'll be nice to be a player again, because I don't think I've been a player since the Christmas special. We didn't really get any responses from you guys about whether you would like to still get that or if you want to wait till Christmas since it's been so long. If there's a demand for it, we'll release the Christmas special. If not, I'll just wait till Christmas, like I said last time. Please message me directly on Twitter so I know. As for stuff like Confessions of a Dungeon Master, I have to reach out with to more Dungeon Masters and set up some record times. We're still figuring out some logistics about that at the moment, and I'll keep you updated as we release more episodes. And as for the network, I still have yet to get a hold of the other execs that are on the network, but I'm not sure if we're going to be continuing down that path now that our lives have moved so far away from this since being unable to edit the podcast. So it was a nice thought, but I think a lot of us have moved into a into a different phase of our lives where trying to do a network is just no longer plausible. So I think what you can expect from the Throne of Ice Gals is to continue making you some awesome D&D content and to post some extra stuff on Patreon. Hopefully we'll get some merch up there soon. It's difficult being the person that makes all of the designs for stuff and does all of the editing, is the dungeon master, and is also building her own photography business. So things are slow moving, but you know what? I don't, as long as you guys are enjoying the content, I think everything will be just fine. So without further ado, I'll let you guys get back to the show and I would love to hear your thoughts on things going forward. Do you like Sheila at the beginning? I know it's easier for me, but would you prefer me to go back to the old way I did it? Have yourselves a great time, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye!
can I get everybody to roll deck saves and the girls that are working on the boat with disadvantage? I got a nine. You got a nine? So my first roll is 19. My second roll is 11. Uh, both of you do not save. You got a what? 23. Okay, you save. Um, the girls do not. Rowan does. I uh, know Eclipse does, sorry. That's what I rolled for. And then Chica. Uh, Chica saves. Rowan saves. Weird. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Only the girls don't save. So I'm going to have you take. Well, does that still have to hit our PC? Um, oh, I guess not. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, does have to if you 15? I, my mind's a 14. Um, and I know hers is a 13 or 2 or 12. Sorry. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to roll damage for each of you and it 1d6 plus 1. So, Jenna, take 4 damage and Azura, take 4 damage. Ow! Um, what do you guys do? Um, I, can I do a perception check? Sure. Can Fluffles do one too? Yep. And I'll also do one. Go to 26. Anything. He doesn't know anything. My perception rolled at a 14 plus six a 14 plus six okay so i'm gonna roll for the others uh nat 20 for rowan nice first one ever actually i'll make that ticka because i did use ticka's dice calypso doesn't notice anything rowan does kind of not really he got an 11 you guys who who succeeded jenna and azura right the perception check yep yeah yes and and ticka so you all look into the trees and you see some githerai and githyanki people on either side so they are semi like they're humanoid people they're uh they're tribal people that they have like yellow skin and weird pushed in noses and like elf ears and crazy hair oh like trolls not quite they're no, really I mean, thin like, and tall dolls with the crazy color hair yeah like yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, a lot. Their hair is mostly brown, but like it's like in a strange. It's it looks like a troll doll hair thing, kind of. McFluffles had come across them at some point. Yes. Did they seem relatively nice to him when he came across them? These ones look like bandits. They look like they're not from the same sect as the ones that you probably came across. They're probably outcasts that are now. Um, they just look for people to steal stuff from. Okay. Well, Fluffles is going to look at Calypso. Or no, Fluffles doesn't see any of this. <laughs> he rolled a nine. So Calypso also didn't see anything, but Tika makes a motion to stay quiet and uh, wait. Um, and folks, uh, I don't know, whoever's close and didn't see, pokes them. I guess Tika's the only one close to me, right? Tika got a nat 20. Okay, so Wilson is betwixt us looking around. So Tika kind of like throws his whisper around and he says, I think they're fighting each other. Oh, what? Then, then uh, God Bell whispers, why are they shooting us? Then I don't know. And so you guys see them raise their arrows and shoot at each other again. And then some of them just shoot directly at your log. And you hear one of them yell, you're not allowed to be in the river. This is where we part ways. You're not allowed in the river. Get out of the river. Can I pull out like a white cloth and just wave it? Okay. <laughs> so they see the white cloth poke out of the hole. We surrender. We'll get out of the We're sorry. They started like accusing each other of being the ones in the in the log and um calypso is now aware of what's going on she like pulls back the tarp and she says we're not one of you and they're like oh they're mine i love her can you guys just fuck off like we're not even part of your fight that's what calypso just did (laughs) 
Pretty much. But these are bandits that just saw a bunch of people with a bunch of weapons pop out of a canoe. It's not even now a turf war. Which one of us is going to be the ones to get to them? Can I I stand up and have inflict wounds? Just the magic just come off her hands and like scare them? I don't know if it's actually going to actually intimidate them or they're going to want to kill me more, but... So there's four Githyanki on the one side and and about three Githzerai on the left. Okay. So the Githzerai are the bald ones and the Githyanki are the ones that look like troll dolls. Okay. Can I try intimidating them? But because I'm using my necromantic magic, do I get advantage? I'll, I'll address that in a second. What did Jackie say? I just said I assume Fluffles is now aware of all of this. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll talk to Calypso after then. <laughs> Not like he's trying after. to open a cage or anything this time. <clears throat> Azura has a thing that she's going to do. Okay. Just my um, intimidation thing happen. So, Oddbell, you can try it. <laughs> okay. So if you let me roll it with advantage, I got a 21. But that was a nat 20 plus one. It's funny. It's weird. You tried to intimidate them, but they saw you using necromancy powers and now they want to kill you even more. I knew it. So uh, Calypso says, hey, Azira, do you know any spells to make us move faster through the water? She has a walk on water. She could literally get behind us and push. Yes, for sure. I can do that, actually. Wait, can she push all three boats at once? Hold up. Hold up. Azura has a plan. There's only one boat, Jenna. Oh, you're in one long boat. Great, awesome. Calypso asks me this, and Azura's gonna be like, oh, right! That is a thing that I can do. And she's just gonna kind of look at Calypso. Why didn't I think of that? And then she's gonna cast Gust of Wind. I should have checked my character sheet. Gosh. <laughs> uh, which is a line of strong winds, 60 feet long and 10 feet wide, blasts from you in a direction you choose for the spell's duration. Each creature that starts its turn in the line must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pushed 15 feet away from you in a direction following the line. So my plan is I really want to do this off the back end of our boat. I want to push the boat away. Okay. I'm not shooting at anything other than the water so that we can move faster. Okay. Man, you slick. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so you... Do you have to roll anything for this? No. Oh, wait, no. I can only do gust of wind from my wind fan. So Azora is going to be like, all right, that's a thing I can do. And she's going to pull out this fan and she's going to stick it on the end of the boat. And then she's just going to like, well, not stick it on the end of the boat, but she's just going to fan the air behind the boat. Like she's fanning away a fart and that's just going to push the boat further away. Oh my goodness. So... You start making the boat speed down the river. <laughs> and and you see that the gift people, they're trying to chase after you. And one manages to fire an arrow and it lodges in the back of the boat. But that's about all you can get. And, um, and they just kind of give up. And you sail your way down the river. With that in mind, you start to reach the, uh, the edge of the wilderness. And um, Calypso says, hey, maybe put the fan away now. <laughs> 
I can't really use it until tomorrow anyway. So Azura's is just gonna like tuck it up and tuck it away in her bag and be like, thanks for mentioning that. I actually totally forgot I even had that fan. She she says, we have to patch, we have to make this boat look seamless because if they could figure out that this is a boat instead of a log, then we're gonna go past Royth and we're gonna end up captured. True. Okay. Hmm. I mean, oh no. Well, as long as she's gonna be like talking to herself, thinking about what she has in her repertoire that she can do for a couple of minutes. Y'all can do your thing while she, while she sits and thinks. I'm gonna check my stuff too. Sorry, Fluffles looks at uh, her and says, I, I have a bit of skill carving. Um, do you think we could get a tree? And maybe if we get to the side, we could do some fixing there? Um, that could work. Those of us who are fighters should be watching the wilderness because, again, it's dangerous. True enough. Azura's gonna count how many people we have in our party. We've got six, six. right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we could try to go with the boat thing, but I also have this this spell that grants up to 10 people the ability to breathe underwater. So, I mean, we could try that. How long is that, though? How long is that, though? Uh, 24 hours. Oof. Well, that would get us right to our destination. (laughs) As long as there's no... Like, I don't want to, I don't want to say fish people. So you don't but, have to cast it on me. I can already breathe underwater, but the rest oh, yeah. of them. But I just meant the rest of our party. I can also breathe underwater. <laughs> piped up. Yeah, but how do we get back then? I have, what level spell is that? Barbell ass. I also. First and third, because I, with my fancy cloak, have an option of a spell scroll containing one spell of first to third level that we could use to get back home. Mm. Or I could have the teleportation magic too that could trap. I don't know if I do really. Rowan Rowan pipes up and says um, teleportation in and out of the order is forbidden right now. No, not into the order, but at least closer than the the banks of, you know, where that crazy giant monster attacked us. Good thing it was a hologram. Uh, It was still scary and no one told us about that until after it was done. It was still terrifying. We could still just like pop up over there. Couldn't couldn't we? Calypso thanks for a moment. She says, "Uh, by now the the dragons would know about the teleportation magic. So don't mess with the dragons is what you're saying. Probably not a good idea. We'll okay. have to go back the way we came. I still have the spell, so I can cast the sleep, the swimming spell if we need to. But may I just say, before we do this, I really don't like the water. So I'm going to be really, really sneezy and probably very upset the whole time. Expect more complaining than usual. All right, so do you cast it? Oh, oh you also have to cast it for my snake, BT Dubs. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. I will cast water breathing. What well, yes, we park and hide the boat first. Yeah, you should do that. Yes. Okay. So I think just leaving it on the riverbank upside down makes it look like a log and you're fine. Yeah. Right. And then Azura is just going to kind of walk up to everyone gradually who is not a water breather and she's just going to boop them on the nose. 
and you can breathe underwater 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 until everybody gets their nose booped and they can all breathe underwater and when she gets to the snake she's gonna kind of pet the top of its head a little and then boop it a little spoon. I just imagine the half of us just sitting on the ground waiting to be booked because we're too <laughs> we're way too tall for you to reach otherwise. Yes. <laughs> Um, what Calypso does is she strips down a little bit so that it's just the corset and the uh, whatever bustier she has underneath so she doesn't get dragged down by the fluffy shirt and um, she like balls it up and hides it between her tits, I guess. <laughs> and then... Um, better. That's helpful. Well, I mean, there's fashion and then there's actual usefulness, so... I, for one, am one for practicality over fashion as you can tell and all of Azura's clothes are like tight to her body nothing really loose so that she is the epitome of movability and sleek speed that did not escape Rowan's notice <laughs> probably not <laughs> I feel like Pluffles is gonna ask Calypso like um, is my jacket going to be a problem and then on the other side and then he's gonna say and on the other side of that is my skin color going to be a problem um I think because the blue of the water is so dark once it gets into the deeper parts in the river that you'll just blend in. But, um, I think he means like once we get closer to Chalk, because oh, if he doesn't yeah. have this jacket, then his arms are full view. <laughs> oh, right. I'm sorry. I just, I'm so used to not being involved in society that I, I just forget that I am not welcome everywhere. That's actually a good question. What are we going to do about our skin tone when we get there? Well, um, Yeah, what am I going to do about my fur? Well, actually, ironically enough, Oddbell's probably the safest one of everybody. We've got to get past Royth and then we'll be fine. What our intel has told us is that most of the farmers and people around Toth have fled the area. So what are we, what we're going to do is we got intel that the farmers abandoned the fields and fled to Navareth, Royth, and Flosa. Part of the reason why we've got to be careful going past Royth is because there's extra people near there. Stick to the fields away from pathways. Once we get there, you'll see. But let's get there first and it'll be easier to explain what we're going to do. So um, she, she leads you all into the water. You guys start to swim near the bottom. And the weirdest thing happens, you can breathe. And it is the most bizarre thing you've ever experienced because there's water going into your lungs and that feels unnatural. But you're also not suffocating. Okay, Pluffles <laughs> is having a very, very hard time with this because nobody told him what to do. So he took his jacket anyway. So the water is weighing him down like no tomorrow and he still has no strength. So he is really having a hard time with this. Calypso decides to help you and she just like kind of swims for you. <laughs> He gives me an appreciative look. Thanks. I don't know what to do here. So you guys continue through, and as you get near Royth, you see a lot of boats along the surface and people traveling in and out, going to the market and stuff. And this is kind of a large town, kind of like how Nordapple used to be that uh, Fluffles would remember. Okay. And uh, you guys kind of go down, and about two or three kilometers of way from Roy. You, she stops and she goes near the shore 
and she pokes her head above the surface, looks around, and gestures for you to follow. There's this like beachy embankment that has this big cliff-like slope, alcove-type place that she hides under, mm -hmm. and uh, she gestures for everybody to follow her, and she says, okay, so over this little cliff edge is the farm field surrounding Toth. We've got about another kilometer to go east before we'll find the town. So what we're gonna do is keep your ear out for guards. I doubt they have any to spare for this small town that was going to be taken over soon anyways, but who knows what's in Uther's head at this moment. Stay quiet and watch each other's backs. We'll walk in pairs and fan out. We'll just go in the pairs that we decided earlier. So Tinka and Oddbell, you go to the south a little bit, be about 60 yards from us, and then Azura and Rowan go to the north, be about 60 yards from us, and we'll all start heading towards Toth. So we're splitting the party is what you're saying. Yeah. But we're all uh, still within eyesight of each other. Not within the fields. The fields are all like really tall with like corn and oh. fucking cornfields. <laughs> uh, and she says, one thing to remember is you are not allowed to kill anyone. Fluffle snaps his fingers like, damn. We want to get in and get out without any casualties of the citizens here. Drone is the kingdom most likely to join us in our effort, and we need this to be clean and amicable for King Ockringar. And Rowan says, sounds good to me. Is there a yeah, I mean, I try not to kill people just as a general rule of my existence, so I feel like that's not a worry for me. Um, <laughs> like exasperated. Fine. <laughs> uh, Oddbell just nods. Each of your peep kind of leads you out away from each other. Everybody, can you make a stealth roll? Nineteen. Nineteen, Jenna. Yep. Shit. Okay. Seven plus six. Thirteen. Girl, that's still better than me. I got an eleven plus one. That's 12. Okay, so Odd, Bill, and Tig, I have literally no problems. <clears throat> I am not rolling for the others because basically it doesn't matter what I roll for the others, that they're with you. Sorry! Bubbles <laughs> is just mumbling the whole time. Fucking cornfield. Wait, um, can I, can can we just retcon for a second and can Odd Bell just be like, all right, so what do we do if someone gets in trouble? Are we gonna just let them deal with it or are we supposed to intervene? How we've done this in the past is we will have an emergency word like a safe word banana mm -hmm. banana that works so if it's banana if you say banana then we know that you are not finding yourself capable of dealing with the situation and then we'll run in but if you start to hear some of us fighting well if you start fighting try to be a little bit louder so we can hear you but not so loud that you attract more attention than you need yeah if you hear banana come running but if not we're all okay and then we, we got it handled okay all okay. right all right so you guys all fan out rowan and rowan and azura up to the north Oddbell and Tika to the south. Oddbell and Tika find that they have really no issues. You don't come across anybody. Azira and Rowan to the north. You are the closest to like a main road. And um, what 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 happens to cause you to get noticed by somebody on the road? Oh man, you're leaving it in my hands. Um, well, honestly, because if we're close to a natural road, perhaps the cornfield was just really, really, really thin 
in one spot and the blue of my skin pooped through and someone was like, hey, what is that? Yeah, a, a farmer is hurriedly walking with his, uh, with a mule and cart on the road, trying to get as far away from Toth as possible. All of his belongings are on the back of the cart and he notices in the drying up field of corn, just this bright blue and he like halts his cart and Rowan says to be quiet as quiet as possible and it's not like you realize that it's because of your skin and Mm -hmm. um, the man gets closer as he gets closer he sees you but over your shoulder he sees a devil human (laughs) (laughs) right because Rowan's a tiefling this this charcoal black devil human and he's he screams (laughs) he screams like there's no tomorrow and he's like, oh, you're gonna kill me. Oh my God, what the fuck? Ah. And he runs back to his uh, his mule. He unhooks the cart, jumps on its back and takes off. Except one second, he like doesn't hold on quite well. And then he falls off, the mule runs away and he starts taking off after the mule, leaving everything that he ever owned on this cart. Oh, well, that I'm, was a big one. I mean, that, that could have gone better, but I mean, perhaps are more human-looking friends can come take a look at this cart. I feel like perhaps there are some good things there. Or, uh, what, what do you think, Rowan? Should we should we leave the old man's belongings there in case he decides to come back for it, or... I think I... looting somebody that we near a town we're trying to save sounds like a bad idea. Fair enough. I just... I also want to know who are the more human-looking people in our group. We have a yeah, merf- straight up, explain <laughs> a merfolk, a drow, and whatever the fuck I am. Literally, the least human-looking creatures are the ones in your party. Yeah, I have no idea why they sent all of us out together when they should have looks human. Azura's just gonna sit there and actually think about what she said for a second and be like, "Oh, wait a minute. Nobody would really like anybody in our party, would they?" And she asks Rowan this question because she's a hermit, you know, she doesn't know this shit. And and Rowan just like chuckles and he's I don't think so. Let's get going and keep moving. I think that's a good idea. And Azura's just kind of like shake her head at herself and just keep trudging on. Like, I can't believe I just fucking did that. (laughs) Fluffles and Calypso hear this. uh, And uh, what does Fluffles do? Um... I feel like... it was an, it was obviously not Rowan screaming. Yeah, but we also didn't hear the safe word. So yeah. I think Fluffles is just gonna look at Calypso and be like, um, it's just walking, I guess. Oh. But I think as he does this, um, he's gonna reach down and like start grabbing mud and like putting it on his face and building his disguise. So Calypso looks at you and kind of side eyes you and just keeps walking. Uh, and then it's while you're doing this that you don't realize that before Calypso could get to you there's a small path that comes out right in front of you on your way into Toth and it's like this little side road leading to some houses back towards where uh, Belle and Tika are and um, before she can stop you while you're like applying mud to your face you stumble out right in front of two really scrawny looking guards wow we're doing a really good job (laughs) and they look at you. Can you roll um, perception to see if you notice them? Oh, 19 plus whatever I got. I definitely noticed them. So you stumble out in front of them, and then they know- They look at you, you look at them, and there's this really awkward moment of them being like, is that just a guy with mud on his face, or is it a drow? <laughs> 
like, Papa's gonna like point over his shoulder and be like, I got lost and fell down a riverbank. Is there a medicine person that I can go to? Where Where's the closest person? Like, just try to play it off as like, I got hurt and I'm covered in mud because I fell. Roll persuasion. <laughs> Nat 20. Um, yes. yes. They believe you. Um, they're like, uh, it's, it's really dangerous for you to be out here. You're gonna want to go back down this road and take a left and then head and follow that way all the way to Roy. Uh, I don't know if you realize, but Toth is completely inaccessible. The people there may as well be dead. You may as well just go to Roy. You know where that is, right? Papa's is gonna like, yeah, um, I was just coming from there. I, nobody told me. Thank, thank you for the warning. And, and he's gonna kind of like walk away and wait until they turn their backs and then he's gonna dash into the court again. Before you do that, they're gonna say uh, like, do you need any help getting there? Or, there's like bandits in these them woods. Jeez. Fluffles is just gonna look at them and be like, oh, don't worry, I can take care of the bandits. Okay. And they <laughs> turn around and they like go towards the houses. You assume they were there to check on people. Make sure they got out. So he's gonna get into the, he's gonna get into the corn. Fucking cornfields. <laughs> um, Calypso sneaks across the road and finds you and is like, oh my god, you're so lucky. He's <laughs> gonna look at her. I've been wearing this disguise for more than 200 years. It's done me well so far. I'm not <laughs> this type. <laughs> Okay, so you guys continue through the fields without any incidents. <laughs> any further incidents? Okay, so as you guys move through the fields, you notice that as you get closer to the town, the fields start to turn gray and there's a chill in the air. And it looks like there's snow that's floating through it, but all you smell is rot. You reach the perimeter of trees that surround Toth, and there is something different about this stretch of trees. Unlike the typical growth of the wilderness, where there are about 30 yards of tall grass underneath a canopy of oddly spaced, but evenly spaced tall oak trees, this is just a thick wall of semi-dead plant life that surrounds it like a dome and you cannot see the top. Around the dome, for exactly 20 yards outwards, the earth is flat and dead and gray, and it smells of rot. You poke your heads out of the stalks of dead corn at varying distances. You guys have somehow gotten a little bit closer as you went through the cornfields and the wheat fields, and you like are only about 30 yards from each other on either side of Fluffles and Calypso, and you see what used to be the town. That's it. It's just a, just a dome of dead shit. That's around it. What the fuck happened here? This is some doomsday level shit. Uh, oh yeah, I'm guessing Odd Bell's nowhere close to them right now. Hey, she's like thirty yards on the um, to the right of uh, Fluffles and Calypso. And but Tick is right beside me. Yep. Oh, then she like leans over and she's like, something tells me this is necromancy because apparently all bad things come from necromancy. So think that's what this is going on and then also can i do a perception check does this castle or like this area remind me of that vision from melby's the only thing that really reminds you of it is the rot floating in the air like the rotted plant life okay this is all very weird to you and that is where we will end this session
It's Throne of Dice. Funniest home bloopers. Enjoy. Imagine if you actually got in a fight and like someone wasn't able to handle it and you like you just hear fighting and then banana like it just makes me giggle. <laughs> I just said banana because it sounded like a really weird like sex safe word, but <laughs> I didn't think we were actually gonna stick with banana. I had a girlfriend and her safe word is pineapple because she's allergic to them. <laughs> I love that. I I think a great safe word is pinata. <laughs> I think basing a safe word off an allergy is actually hella clever because it's like, don't fucking do that. I'm allergic to that bullshit. Is it? You know what I'm allergic that to, though? Is... You know what I'm allergic to? Latex. It don't work. <laughs> Could you imagine just like having a good time and Keisha's in the middle? Latex! Latex! My allergy is eggs. I just mean some eggs! Eggs! No, eggs! <laughs> Yeah, I like them eggs. <laughs> and I think I might be allergic to bunnies. And uh, bunny is Caleb's nickname for me. So that's all. That's just a bad choice. Starts <laughs> falling yeah. out of nickname. <laughs> a weird, weird topic. Okay. Bloopers. <laughs> I don't even know if they want to hear that in bloopers. Yeah, if at all. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, okay. So-